Good evening and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. I am your other hostess with the mostess, um, Becky Gremlin. I don't know where that came She's from. She's aggressive to was like Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... <laughs> fucking Starbucks. <laughs> Wednesdays are podcast. <laughs> podcast. Goddamn. I, guys, we're not. You that sound aggressive. like Christina Aguilera, like when she's trying to sing a line. Did you ever see that? Oh! She literally had a blooper from Burlesque, <laughs> where she said, "Stop trying to do something," and she said, "I literally started singing it." Like she, and if you hear, she's like, "Stop trying." <laughs> I'm like, she was trying to sing it. The fuck, Christina, get it together. <laughs> well, I mean, she was ex Tina, so you know, it's yeah, the well, ex. You know. It's aggressive. Christina Aguilera. Whoa. Christina Aguilera was aggressive. <laughs> Very in your face. That was a great she film. Like she took baths when she should have taken a shower. Oh my god. Does it look like she just takes a lot of baths when she really needs to just take a shower? I feel like even though that was aimed at one person, there's a lot of chicks that fit that description. She doesn't fit that description anymore. Now, she actually but she looks did like she yeah. Then, for sure. I mean, today, dirty was a thing. I was so. <laughs> today. I was telling my coworker, y'all, I'm getting my hair done on Saturday, and I'm getting it done like. Um, She's like, y'all, I'm getting my hair done. I literally just about said Christina Aguilera. I'm getting my hair done like Kristen Stewart from Charlie's Angels, and no, not blonde. Um. But she goes, why does Kristen Stewart sound so familiar? And I was like, think about it. Come on. Now this lady's 50. She's like, is that the girl from Twilight? And I was like, yay, there it is. Even the 50-year-old knows. Twilight? <laughs> She's like, you're going to do your hair like that? I've already had it looks like that. And I'm like, no, honey. She doesn't even look like the same human she being. Looks like a completely. <laughs> I showed her a picture and she goes, "Oh, she's pretty." And I'm like, like "Don't." Well, she looked like she morphed into what she was always supposed so to look like. Gay, dude. <laughs> she goes, "Oh, she's so pretty," and I was like, "I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I can't talk about it." I saw underwater and was like, "Underwater my, was hard." My thoughts, my thoughts on Kristen Stewart have changed. <laughs> Watch Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. luck. <laughs> well, we, it got to the point. It's like, what me, was what's this movie about? I it don't got even to know. the point where me and my friend audibly said, "God damn!" So loud to the point that people behind us heard us and laughed. Because I was like, "Listen, the plot of this movie is great. It's great. It's a nice plot." But I'm like, I cannot. I'm like, I'm over here. You like, know, back y'all when you used to be able to see movies like a normal human being. <laughs> Oh my god, is that going to be a back in the day story? <laughs> no, 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 no. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, like six months ago. <laughs> was the last movie you saw? Something in February. I think Birds of Prey was the last movie I saw. Oh my god, it was... I don't even think I saw a movie this year yet. Was Birds of Prey before or after The Turning? I think that was after oh, The Turning. Oh shit, no, we saw The Turning. We saw The Grudge. Oh my god, they were both so... The, tur- the Grudge was a 10 and compared to better, The Turning. It was better. The Turning... I felt like I Turning it off. 
turn your ass back <laughs> around. And that was one of those. Oh, my God. That was one of those, like, can I get my money back, please? My roommate literally asked me if we could watch that together because she's like, I want to see how terrible it is. And I'm like, I have to be in the right mindset for this. I'm like, I can't just sit down and watch this movie because I'm like, it is, it is. I don't even have words for this bullshit. Like, what? (gasps) Yeah, you guys seen those TikToks where they're like, hey, hey, what? What? Like, that's, (laughs) what? (laughs) Everybody in the theater was like, huh? It was like a collective, huh? (laughs) And then it just ended. And you're like. I was like, where was the third act? I don't, was that it? Are we done? Is the, is this like an intermission and then we come back like a play? Like, do we go get snacks and go to the bathroom and then it's the second act? I don't... Is this like Hamilton? Are there another two hours? I've I'm ne- so confused. That movie was like... I love it when it a movie... It had no ending. I, I, don't, I don't know a movie... <laughs> like, movies who... Okay. Movies that have bad endings. Have an ending. Especially in horror. We have seen a plethora, a Pandora's box, if you will, (laughs) of terrible endings in horror movies. But at least you get an ending. I think the movie is still going. Like, it, it it had no ending. It didn't end. There was no ending. I think we did. We even wait till the credits. Like I think we. I, I think, think we, we did. Because we, we, we were like, you know what? Credits, we really thought there was going to be something, anything, and no, that was it. Just nope, done, just done. And you know, I really enjoy horror movies that make me uncomfortable. I did not like this uncomfortable. I was. I also didn't understand. So it starts off with Nirvana, which made no. Oh, can we talk about? Fucking era. I had no idea what era was the movie it. The 70s? Was, in. was it the 90s? Was it the early 2000s? Was, was it, the it 80s? now? Like, was, was it, it what? They start off. The chick is dressed like it's the 80s. The the scenery is like Cobain it's in the 80s. Died? But on the TV, it said that Kurt Cobain just died, and that was in that was in the 90s. That was in 94. <laughs> and then they get to this house, and I'm thinking it's in the 70s. Where are we? Yeah, I couldn't figure out uh, the whole movie from start to finish. I love how we've just like completely turned this ended, into a turning yeah, sorry, review. Just talking about how absolutely <laughs> fucking god awful the turning. We probably we should we need to, guys. We need to do and not to steal an idea from anybody, but we should seriously do a podcast. We need to pick a movie that we actually hated. And just talk about how much we hated it. I mean, I know we're kind of doing that now with the term. <laughs> I was going to say, you mean like what we're doing right now? <laughs> you thought we were bringing you Winchester Mystery House. It turns but out. no. We're just going to shit talk. No. How terrible. Anyway. Um, that is a great idea. I am all for it. Yeah, we need to do that. All for it. Because I could, I could definitely. Oh, my God. So, funny story. Um... Someone, I won't mention who, but when he listens to this, he'll start laughing. Always makes fun of Midsummer. He hates Midsummer so much. And it it cracks me up because we're good friends. 
He did not know the reason why I liked it. It's not for, he doesn't have misogyny. So, there's no, no misogynistic no, 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 no. reasons. Of, okay. When he heard why I loved Midsummer so much, he literally messaged me and he said, I can't make fun of, I can't, I can't make fun of this movie anymore because I have morals and that actually made me feel really bad. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I was like, it's not a movie for everyone. I get that. I'm like, if anything, I love bantering you with you about it. Cause I said, every time I posted about it, I was always sitting and waiting, waiting for your, waiting for you to come What's on there. That to say. <laughs> But I'm like, he's like, well, now that I know what he's, he's literally like, I feel so bad. And I was like, dude, that was a cleansing movie for me. That's all. That's, that's, that's all. All I got to say is if the purge happens, a certain ex out there better hope and pray to God. I don't find a fucking bear. You got to get a barn. And you got to get a barn. Oh, I got that covered. He's better hope and pray I don't get a fucking bear skin. So before we go into the Winchester Mansion. <laughs> I love how we just segue. From, I just want to light your one. body on fire in a bear skin. Okay, he Winchester. <laughs> Before we get into that, though, we have both found out something today. Considering that our podcast is called Don't Fuck with the Original, I feel like this needs to be talked about for a hot second. Oh, yeah, just real quick. It's not a horror, um, but... It's not horror, but it's nostalgic. And to those of you who know me, because I post about it on Twitter a lot, um, Twister is getting a reboot. Blech. And no, that was it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so there, and I and I concur. Uh, so there, Winchester. Uh, <laughs> guys, I'm like actually legit, really excited about doing a podcast about this. This is a oh, place yeah. that definitely is on my bucket list that I will definitely be going to at some point we, in my life. We will be going to. I feel like the certain places like um, this, like I couldn't go without. Uh, we have to go. Like, like we have to go. Yeah. <laughs> that has to be a we thing. <laughs> that has to be a we, a we thing. Um, <laughs> Cause it's just, I feel like there's so much energy that would be there there would just be so much energy to feed off of. This is actually something we were talking about prior to the podcast that we feel like a lot of the spirits that are in that home besides Sarah, because obviously she's there. It's a lot of residual hauntings. I think in places like that, like I think that's even similar to what goes on, probably is continuing to go on or has gone on and say, for instance, the Lizzie Borden, bed and breakfast which I don't consider Lizzie's home but it is called the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast um I think there's more residual hauntings in places like that where it it just becomes a way of life for so long and then especially if there's a death connected with that house it's just kind of the same reoccurring thing over and over yeah exactly it's like a replay just over and over and over and over and over i also do think though that the spirits in that house are very intelligent those children are very very intelligent and honestly so is abby she may be residual in some parts but in some parts she's they're they're intelligent. I think there's times. Well, that could be said so for the Winchester House because there were a couple of documentary series that I watched on Amazon where they talked about specifically encounters with Sarah. I think Sarah's intelligent. I think Sarah some 
could be residual, but I think times where like she's been seen on daytime tours as a full-time apparition, I think that's her as an intelligent spirit actually making contact. Mm-hmm. So, but I totally agree because I feel like in houses like that, especially when a murder happened or you know something like that, you're gonna have. I feel like you'll have both because if the spirit is intelligent. You'll have the intelligent, obviously. But I feel like even with intelligent, you're still going to have the residual because the, it, there's so much energy built up there. I think that Sarah, have. too, <clears throat> was a very deep empath. Mm-hmm. And I think that is even more so why the energy in that house <laughs> is so strong. Because I think from the start, just the whole connection with Sarah to the Winchester... Mm-hmm. history and <clears throat> all of that she just deeply became empathetic to um which we might as well just go ahead and go into the history of uh sarah that we're discussing is also uh, if i accidentally say sarah palin let it happen that was hilarious <laughs> yeah that just i was trying to say sarah winchester and i said sarah palin oh it was perfect though <laughs> like it came out it came out perfect um, so we're referring to Sarah Winchester, uh, who was married to William Wirt Winchester, who was the son of the manufacturer of the famous Winchester repeating w- rifle. So if you guys are unfamiliar with that, um, the Winchester repeating arms company is located in New Haven, Connecticut. And it's been a top prominent American maker of uh, repeat firearms since 1866. So uh, his father essentially started the company and she just basically married right into it. Um, So her history starts uh, back in 1840 when she was born Sarah Lockwood Party um, as the daughter of Leonard Party and Sarah Burns who was a carriage manufacturer in New Haven, Connecticut. Known as the Belle of New Haven, Sarah enjoyed all the advantages of a cultured upbringing, including an education at the best private schools. She spoke four languages and played piano beautifully. Um, Now, all of this information to start is going to be from the Winchester Mystery House archive page. Um... So it goes in to say that she married William in 1862, who, like I said, was the son of Oliver Winchester, uh, who was not only the manufacturer of um, the Winchester repeating rifle, but he was also lieutenant governor of Connecticut at that time. Uh, the couple's life together was very happy, and they moved in the best uh, with New England society. However, in 1866, disaster struck when their infant daughter, Annie, died of a then mysterious childhood illness. Uh, It was a disease known as uh, marismus at the time. Um, So what it was actually believed to be was it was a it was basically a wasting disease where unfortunately a child would be born and then just it's like they they have a severe malnutrition from an energy deficiency. Like they can't keep up with their own body weight because they're actually even born less than normal body weight. So yeah, it's just terrible. The baby literally lived from June 15th to July 25th. So wow, barely a month. Um, and that was their first child. So it was just absolutely 
devastating. So I'm sure that right there, on top of being empathetic, you have post-traumatic. Oh my God, I can't even... I mean, the depression was just unreal. Because from that point on, well, even after that, you know, not long after, so this was 1866, in 1880, uh, she loses her beloved husband to tuberculosis. Um, she fell into a deep depression that she never fully recovered because it was reported that she dressed in black from that point on. Like she pretty much like it was a funeral every day. She wore a black shroud. She dressed in all black. I mean, she's very beautiful. Her. She was a very beautiful woman, but she aged rapidly. I mean, it was, well, I mean, you lost that. That's, that's everything. It's mm-hmm. everything you loved. Your baby, your husband. Like, I mean, that was it. That was it. So um, now this part is from the Wikipedia page. After her husband died, um, or I'm sorry, her father-in-law died in 1880. Her husband died in 1881. William had tuberculosis. If you guys remember back when we did our Waverly Hills Sanatorium episode, tuberculosis ran rampant around this time. So this was like really nothing out of the norm to happen. So I say that her father-in-law died and then a year later William died to say that she ultimately inherited 50% ownership of the Winchester company. So not only did she get a uh, $20 million inheritance, she received 50% of the ownership, which was a $1,000 a day income, which would now be the equivalent of over $26,000 a day. You know, I'd be all right with that. I mean, I'd be, I'd be all right with that. I'd be all right with that a month. <laughs> be a, now I would have no problem with that a month. No problem. You wouldn't have to work. Nope. Amazing. Be great. Be gravy. <laughs> um, so around this time, like we mentioned, um, Mrs. Winchester, Sarah, uh, seeks out the help from spiritualist. Again, this was nothing out of the norm back around this time. Um, it was very highly reported that Abraham Lincoln's widow, Mrs. Lincoln, Mary Lincoln, was heavily into spiritualism and would contact spiritualists to reach her dead husband. And a lot of times spiritualists would trick people. Um Fake photos, fake seances. Oh, I mean, it's you guys. If you if you guys look it up, I mean, that it's, still happens. All, today. It still happens today, you know. But I mean, it happened a lot back then, and people cashed in on it. You know, you you were able to trick people more. It's you 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 can get away with more now than what they were able to, or they were able to get away with more now than what you'd be able to get away with, you know, because there was there's like really no way to hide it. Now, well, now I mean, you've people, got Photoshop and yeah, all this kind yeah, of stuff, and people can usually pick all. Yeah, you can pick tell. that up. Like, Back then, like, it was real. like, oh my god, because there's that really famous picture, and I actually saw it on the History Channel. There's that really famous picture of Mary Todd Lincoln, and it looks like Abraham Lincoln's spirit is standing behind her, but that was faked. There was a mm-hmm. way they were able to go, not fucking blast <laughs> she, off. She's like so into this conversation. If you guys saw that and be like, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you almost knocked my glasses off. Um, Actually, you did. I was terrified. That was um, hilarious. But it looks like he's standing behind her, and clearly it was 
That you was, could tell now was, it was fake, but right. then you couldn't tell. So, um, according to some sources, the Boston medium that consulted Mrs. Winchester explained to her that her family and her fortune were being haunted by spirits. Uh, more importantly, the spirits of Native Americans, Civil War soldiers, and others that were killed by Winchester rifles. Supposedly, the untimely deaths of her daughter and her husband were caused by these spirits, and it was implied that Mrs. Winchester would be the next victim. Uh, so, yeah, that's it's widely believed that the main reason she started building the home was because she was haunted by the spirits of people who were murdered by the Winchester rifle, which I think says even more so with how empathetic she was, that she could actually feel these spirits and not only feel them, but then have this medium tell her that these spirits are the reason why your husband and your daughter are gone and they're going to come after you next because they are vengeful. Like they, you know, they, they, they're out for blood and they're, they're looking at you. So, um, she, uh, the medium claimed that there was an alternative that Mrs. Winchester was instructed to move West and appease the spirits by building a great house for them. As long as construction never ceased, Mrs. Winchester could rest assured that her life was not in danger. Building such a house was even supposed to bring her eternal life. On a more practical note, maybe a change of scenery and a never-ending hobby were just what Mrs. Winchester needed to distract her from her grief. Whatever her actual motivations were, Mrs. Winchester packed her bags and left Connecticut to visit a niece who lived in Menlo Park, California. Menlo! <laughs> How can you not, when you look at it, especially the way it's spelled, it's like... Menlo! Menlo! Um, while there, she discovered the perfect spot for her new home in the Santa Clara Valley. In 1884, she purchased an unfinished farmhouse just three miles west of San Jose. Over the next 38 years, she produced the sprawling complex we know today as the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah. So, there actually was a lot more... It was really just a regular little tiny farmhouse that um oh she actually also had a uh this is interesting enough i just found this little fact on wikipedia that she had a houseboat in the 1920s in the san francisco bay at burlingham california that she called sarah's ark because it was reputed that she had insurance on it against her fear that there would be a second great flood similar to the biblical one that noah and his family experienced but a more mundane answer was that people would, uh, as a social standing in California at that time, have houseboats or yachts. So, I mean, I think that just kind of went along with what people had to say about how crazy the house was, that she probably had a boat just to have as an ark. Um, so, after she bought the farmhouse in 1884... Uh, carpenters were hired and worked day and night until it become a until it become until it become until it became a seven story mansion. Imagine this tiny little farmhouse now becomes a mansion. My hand popped. 
<laughs> she did not use an architect and added on to the building in a haphazard fashion, so the home contains numerous oddities such as doors and stairs that go to nowhere, windows overlooking other rooms, and stairs with odd-sized risers. Many accounts attribute these oddities to her belief in ghosts. Environmental psychologists have theorized that the odd layout itself contributes to the feeling of the house being haunted today. I feel like that would, though, because I feel like you're in a house that's... It's just odd. From what I can vaguely remember, and I apologize, guys, I did not in time get a chance to rewatch the uh, Ghost Adventures, and I believe Ghost Hunters episodes as well, but what I can distinctly remember from the Ghost Adventures episode is how off-putting it was that mm-hmm. they felt almost like in a fun house type of way walking through the house because it was built so uneven, that there was no architect, no plans. Um the staircases being really short and like feeling really narrow and narrow and certain hallways being very narrow and feeling like they're slanted. So looking through windows that are looking into other parts of the house and not outside, it's it's very, or the, yeah. So (laughs) I can understand that even if you didn't think the house was haunted, that the house would be very off-putting when you're walking through it because you almost feel like you're in a fun house maze and it's very disorienting. Mm -hmm. So when you're disoriented, you're already, even when we were at the Borden house, in the in the the upstairs, my I can speak because that's where the slaves were kept. Well, not slaves, maids, servants. I'll get there. That's where the servants were kept. She had it. She got it, guys. <laughs> Came back around. Um, they didn't really care about making it quote unquote perfect. So it was like slanted i remember looking at the door the door frame was off like there was a slight slant to it so i feel like it and that was that was weird the whole top part of the house looked completely different than the rest of the house they just it it literally looked like like a different house like they slapped it together like they just slapped the attic on and that was it like there you go yeah at least you have a bed kind of thing so before the 1906 earthquake the house had been Seven stories high, and carpenters may have been brought in initially to repair the damages caused by the quake. Today, it's actually only four stories. The house is predominantly made of redwood, as Miss Winchester preferred the wood. However, she disliked the look of it. She therefore demanded that a fox... I almost said fox. Why this word? Faux green and stain be applied. Ugh. So that kind of broke my heart when I read that, because... I love the way Redwood looks. Right, I do too. If, if any got if any of you are out out there listening or into woodworking, which I am, especially like Amish built furnitures, Redwood is gorgeous. It is very pretty. Oh my god, it's so fucking beautiful. So to think she put a fake stain no on Redwood. I mean, it's strong wood, right. so it's the type of, if you wanted it to make floorbo- floorboards or a headboard or uh, dressers or anything like that, it's a really, really strong wood, but it looks so beautiful, so why the fuck? Anyway, I'm sorry. That just, that rubbed me the wrong way. It's like people- You're like, Ugh. It's like people that, that have natural wood- cabinets in a house and they're like oh let's paint those like in those fucking home improvement sh- don't even get me 
me started. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> like, strip it and put a beautiful stain on it. They're like, let's paint it white. Why? With a marble backsplash. <laughs> okay, Karen. Bitch. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I hate that shit. I I understand. Thank you. Appreciate anybody out there that understands that. Uh, this is why almost the uh, Bahama. This is why almost all of the wood in the home is covered. Approximately twenty thousand gallons of paint were required to paint the house. Jesus, that's not that much. Seventy eight thousand liters. I mean, that was the equivalent. Was that? Oh I guess that'd be God. about thirty, about twenty thousand of them. The paint cans, yeah. God damn. The home itself was built using a floating foundation that is believed to have saved it from total collapse in the earthquake. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. In the 1906 earthquake and the 1989 Loma Prita earthquake. That was really interesting to read about the foundation being built like that. Because both of those earthquakes were pretty fucking significant. That Loma Prita earthquake was a 6.9. And it's a 10, right? Yeah. The Richter scale? Richter scale goes up to 10. So that was almost a 7 on the Richter scale. That caused whole... Uh, That's part- about... That'd probably be about an F4 tornado. That caused whole parts of uh, highways to just collapse. Like overpasses to just collapse. So for a house like that big to still be able to withstand... Apparently there's parts... So a part of the house that Sarah had boarded off became visible after that earthquake specifically because you could see where there was damage to a wall. Um, yeah, because during the 19, it was the 1906 earthquake. This is, I saw that on that documentary. I'm sorry. I just, it just made me think about this during the 1906 earthquake. She got, uh, partially, uh, trapped in one part of the house where part of the um oh the fireplace caved in so they had to actually you can actually still see it in the house today where they had to get a crowbar like you can see the crowbar marks on the door where they had to get a crowbar to jam the door open to get her out and they boarded up that part of the house so then in the 1989 earthquake it opened up that part of the house that had been boarded up since 1906. So, wow. sorry, just thought that was no. I wanted, I wanted to throw that little fun fact in there because I was like, She's that's like, just fucking facts. crazy that like it went through two earthquakes and it was another earthquake almost 80 years later that unearthed a part of the house that had been boarded up since the previous earthquake. I just thought that was interesting. The earthquake. So. A lot of fucking Earth. earthquakes in California. <laughs> Actually, there's more fires in California than there are earthquakes. California, People just never California think about... California is not doing well. No. <laughs> really? It's really... Pray for California. Yeah, there's a lot... I've had a friend of mine tell me that... A lot going on in California. There are animals running away from California right now. And I'm like, you know, they sense that kind of shit. They're, they're probably about to have a giant-ass motherfucking earthquake. Oh, they feel that. Yeah, there's a lot of animals, especially ones that are more sensitive to vibrations. And yeah, they, they'll feel, as soon as those tectonic plates start shifting, like, they'll feel that shit way before humans do, so. I guess we'll find out. 
Anyway. Yep. For those of you who live in California, leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone from, all of our listeners from California are like, do what now? <laughs> this type of construction allows the home to shift freely as it is not completely attached to its brick base. Which, like you said, that's so fascinating. That's so fascinating. Yeah, to think it doesn't, it's not actually built on a foundation. It's kind of floating, so it's protected. Because I'm free! Free floating! Perfect. <laughs> there are roughly 161 rooms, 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, one is completed, one is not, 47 fireplaces, 10,000 panes of glass, 17 chimneys, two basement levels, and three elevators. Winchester's property was about 162 acres at one time, but the estate has been reduced to 4.5 acres. Ooh, that's so disappointing. That is huge. <laughs> to go from 162 to 4.5 acres, ugh. The minimum nece- necessary, the minimum necessary to contain the house in nearby outbuildings. It has gold and silver chandeliers, hand-inlaid... Parquet floors and trim, and a vast array of colors and materials. Due to Miss Winchester's debilitating arthritis, special Easy Riser stairways were installed as a replacement for her original steep construction. This allowed her to move out the home freely as she was only able to raise each foot a few inches. There was only one working toilet for Winchester. It has been said that all other restrooms were decoys to confuse the spirits. And that this... <laughs> that bitch confused me. I would forget which toilet works. I'd be like, uh... I'd be like, which one was the working one? And then I'd shit, and I'd be like, well, fuck. Um, hey, yo, a ghost shit in this bathroom? Can you hook up plumbing to this now? Can somebody, uh... <laughs> yeah, it must have not known. Can somebody... Can somebody... It must have not known. They weren't ready. <laughs> uh, the reason why she slept in a... Oh, wait. All other restrooms were decoys to confuse spirits, and that's also the reason why she slept in a different room each night. Bitch, I could not sleep in different rooms every night. No. I wouldn't feel like it's home. I feel like I'm in a different... Like a hotel. Hotel every night. Yeah. The home's conveniences were rare at the time of its construction. These included steam-enforced air heating, modern indoor toilets and plumbing, even though there was only one, push-button gas lights, and Miss Winchester's personal and only hot shower from indoor plumbing. There are also three elevators, including an Otis Electric, and one of which was powered by a rare horizontal hydraulic elevator pr- piston. piston. I said prison. Most elevator pri- Most elevator pistons are vertical to save space, but Winchester preferred the improved functionality of the horizontal configuration. Miss Winchester never skimped on the many adornments that she believed contributed to its architectural beauty. Many of the stained glass windows were created by the Pacific American Decorative Company. Some were designed specifically for her, and others were her, including a quote-unquote spiderweb window that featured her favorite web design and the repetition of the number 13, another of her preoccupations. She was very obsessed with the number 13. Oh, that yeah. was like her lucky number. Uh, the window was never installed, but exists in the so-called $25,000 storage room, so named because its contents were originally appraised at a value of 25000 The value today is inestimable. Did I say that right? Inestimable. Yeah, inestimable. Yeah. But twenty five would be an equivalent to about $382,000 now. 
A second window was designed by Tiffany himself so that when the sunlight strikes the prismatic crystals, a rainbow is cast across the room. Gay! The window was... (laughs) The window... Some pride. The window was installed in an interior wall in a room with no light exposure, preventing the effect from being seen. No gay! I've only ever seen... Uh, a Tiffany, a, a couple times have I seen an actual Tiffany lamp up close. It's like a thing of wonder to think something that intricate and that delicate was put together by hand and how old the pieces were that I saw at the time, right. too. Like, it just... Excuse me, oh my god. And there's actually a... Uh, I've actually seen more of this. There was a, I cannot think of the name off the top of my head, but another little fun fact. There was actually a copycat to Tiffany back in the day that sold lamps almost identical. So a lot of people could have collections where they think that they're actual Tiffany lamps, but it was this copycat that made So it was basically like Walmart making an off-brand of something. Exactly. And it was very hard, except for little things. Uh, basically, the way, like, the way they can tell, like, counterfeit purses now. Like, Tiffany had that stamp. Oh, yeah. So, that would really be the only way that you'd be able to tell. Because just from the naked eye, the, like, the, the stained glass, that, that real famous glass, stained glass pattern that Tiffany lamps have. If you're just looking at it from the offset on the outside... You would not tell the difference at all unless it had that Tiffany stamp on it. You would not be able to tell. It's the same way with like counterfeit purses. There's very little subtleties, but like unless it has that coach serial stamp or whatever, you wouldn't be able to fucking tell. Like nobody would really know, would know the difference. I used to have a little thing like that. Yeah. Oh my God. Is that even relevant anymore? (laughs) I rocked fake purses. Shit. Like who even fucking. How is that even still a thing that anybody even would fucking care? Some people care. Really care. I don't even like, carry a purse now. God. Oh, wait. Yeah, I do. It's a satchel with Chucky on it. It's a purse. A man purse. It's a man purse. It's a purse. It's a purse. When Winchester died, Oliver present... Procession. Procession. <laughs> That's amazing. All of her possessions, apart from the house, were bequeathed to her niece and personal secretary. Her niece then took everything she wanted and sold the rest in a private auction. It supposedly took six trucks working eight hours a day for six weeks to remove all of the furniture from the home, an account disputed by Winchester's biographer. Miss Winchester made no mention of the mansion in her will, and appraisers considered the house worthless due to damage caused by the earthquake. Are you fucking kidding me? The unfinished- it's crazy, too, because really the... The damage was not that significant to how fucking big that was. Not to mention it's history. That makes no sense to me. And then the history of it too, yeah. Because most of the time when you buy houses like that, even today, the money is the history. You're Mm -hmm. paying. You're paying for a piece of history. Is what you're paying for. Yeah, especially if the house. Especially if it's a fucking mansion too. And if it's able to get that. Any type of historical society approval, then, yeah, the history right there says enough. Uh, The unfinished design and the impractical nature of its construction. It was sold at an auction to a local investor for $135,000. 
That's nothing. That is just insane to me. <laughs> Subsequently leased for 10 years to John and Mame Brown, who eventually purchased the house in 19... 19- Whoa. In February 1923, five months after Sarah's death, the house was open to the public with Mame Brown serving as the first tour guide. It's actually pronounced Mamie. Is it Mamie? Yeah, Mamie Brown. Okay. I was like, it's either Mame or Mamie because, you know, you got me or Mamie. I've only ever seen that name one time. (laughs) And it's a... I've I've heard it more as a Southern name, like Virginia, Tennessee, Georgia. It's a really old... I've only ever seen it as a really old Southern name. Kind of like that's, Bertha. It's like, yeah, that's how I know it's pronounced Mamie. Bertha. Bertha. My mom's middle name was going to be Bertha. My grandma's name was Roberta and everybody called her Bert. I love it. And apparently that's a thing. <laughs> really? I've seen that before where Roberta's or I'm or still Bert. trying to figure out how you get Margaret out of... Or Maggie Is out it of Margaret. Maggie out of Margaret. And Meg. Is it Meg out of Margaret or Maggie out of... I, I think it's Maggie out of Margaret. How do you get Dick from Richard? Which I've never You asked nicely. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even have to ask. Anyway! Seriously, though, like how... <laughs> in all, like, seriousness, how the fuck does one get Dick from Richard? That's not even in the name. Like, Maggie, okay, at least you've got the M, you've got a G... You know, Bert, you get from Roberta. Well, Jack from Joseph. I never understood that. Jack You from... would think Joe. Joe? For Joseph? Absolutely. But. No. Yeah. Joe. No. Oh, no, no, no. John. Wait. No. <laughs> it comes from John, doesn't it? What? Because I thought, well, it's uh, John Kennedy, the president John Kennedy. He was called Jack. As a nickname. Yeah. But his name was John. Yeah, because Joe... So that's really weird. Yeah, I don't get that. Jack would obviously come from Jack E, which is female, usually. I mean, there are men... I think I know... Weren't there men named Jackie before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Jack, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand Jack from that, but not John. Yeah, that's weird. Because usually John is from Jonathan. Exactly. And Joe is definitely Joseph. I don't know. I still don't get Maggie from Margaret. That really doesn't make um, any sense. Or Meg. That doesn't make any sense either. Meg. Why would you even want Meg? I tried to go um, by my middle name for a hot second and that didn't last. Which is fine. <laughs> even though people are like, can I call you Chris? And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. No, you may not. I hate that name. Do not call me Chris. Please. It's Kristen or Chicken or Casper. That's it. Yeah, like. And I had these people, they were like, well, what about Chucky's side chick? And I'm like, that's fine. And people were like, what did Chucky think when he found out you were gay? And I was like, I don't mean Chucky's side chick like that. I'm like, it's supposed to be like sidekick. (sighs) I hate how that turned into a thing now. Sidekick? Like when you're somebody's side chick, like that's what that means now. And it's like, that's not. I'm like, he can have, I'm like, if anything, I want Tiffany. He can go away. (laughs) If anything, I'm taking his side chick. I don't know what y'all are talking about. (laughs) Like, if anything. I'm taking his girl. Like, so, yeah. Oh, it's Mrs. Steel girl. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so today the home is owned by Winchester Investments 
LLC, a privately held company representing the descendants of John and Mamie Brown. The home retains unique touches that reflect Miss Winchester's beliefs and her reported preoccupation with warding off malevolent spirits. These spirits are said to have directly inspired her as to the way the house should have been built. The number 13 and spiderweb motifs, which carry spiritual significance for her, occur throughout the house. Tour guides at the house often make claims of Sarah Winchester having patented various architectural features of the house, but a simple search of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Database produces zero patents assigned to her. In 2016, it was announced that another room with period furniture was built in the courtyard, an attic space that contains a pump organ, Victorian couch, dress form, and sewing machine with paint and paintings. This room was made available for viewing by, by the public and features a shooting range game. In 2017, the Winchester Mystery House debuted their first new daytime tour in 20 years, called the Explore More Tour. This tour takes guests through rooms never open to the public and explores the rooms left unfinished at the time of Sarah Winchester's death. And you can still go to that. I know right now it's temporarily closed because of COVID. Um, I think I, the only thing they, the only thing right now they do have open, because that was something you know when we mentioned how it was shrunk from 160 acres down to four and a half acres around. <clears throat> the four and a half acres of the house are these really beautiful gardens. So for now there's uh tours of the gardens are open and they're trying to work out indoor tours of the house. There's virtual tours online. Yeah, you, you can, can take, take a full tour of the house. Yeah. So I can't wait like to actually be there though. It's it's actually like I it's really I don't think that's that inexpe- that expensive. It's eight bucks online you could watch it from your tv you could hook up a vr tour to uh to it it's uh they do a whole audio thing with history of the house and you can tour the you can do an entire virtual tour of the whole dope house it's eight bucks on the website eight dollars so even if you're close and it's not open or you're not close and you've wanted to go like i'm shit do the eight dollar one and then plan next year to go or whenever I I think it's a great deal, me me personally. I can't wait to go. So, um, for now, reportedly, hauntings that have happened in the house, um, some of the most significant hauntings have been Sarah herself, um, as Which we mentioned. Which would make perfect sense. Um, because she did pass away in the home, um... That was even something that they showed on one of the docu-series that I saw. Like, they actually showed where she passed away in the home. Um, and she's still seen throughout the home. She's seen walking up and down her stairwell. Um, she has been seen during the daytime, during the daytime tours by some of the people who have come come to visit. A lot of the tour guides have seen her at night. Um, she's been seen walking around the grounds of the home. Um, another thing that's, uh, been heard actually, uh, that's connected to Sarah is that apparently there, so there were, um, well, no, this actually did happen. There were bell, there was, uh, two bells that would ring during the day. I think like one was a lunch bell and one was a dinner bell or end of work bell that would sound from the house that would direct the workers on when it was time for them to have their break. And then when it was time for them, for their work to be over, for there to be a shift change. Well, 
Reportedly, there were also bells that would go off at night, one at midnight, and one that would strike, I think, around like 2.30 or 3 o'clock. So midnight would, of course, you know, signify the time that she would basically start her seances, and then 3 o'clock would be, you know, the witching hour. That would be the time that spirits were at their highest point, and that would usually be around the times that she'd be really into the seances when she would connect the most or close to around the time that they would end. Um, so that's also something that people have reported hearing um, during the day and even neighbors in the surrounding areas at night will still hear those bells. Um, Do you hear she's what seen, I... I'm right. She's, that was not a like, song Sorry, now. guys. <laughs> you're like, wait, was that a Christmas song? Um, a bell, a bell, ringing in the night. I tried to watch. So American Dad came on last night, and for some reason, like, they showed two episodes, and then it went right into a Christmas episode, and I was like, absolutely not. Why are we, why are we showing Christmas episodes in June? <laughs> like, let's pick a different fucking rerun, TBS, okay? You can show Halloween reruns. You can do that. But not Christmas. All year round. But not Christmas. Exactly. Um, so, again, Sarah is seen throughout the house quite a bit, which would make perfect sense. Um, another really popular spirit, and this is actually, if you just Google Wilbarrow Ghost Winchester Mystery House, there were dozens of articles that came up about... Um, supposedly the guy's name was Clyde. He was a very local, local, Jesus, can't even read my own fucking handwriting. It's, uh, he's a very- He was a very local. I'm supposed to say loyal, but I can't read my own handwriting. He was a very loyal worker who apparently died during the construction of the house. He had jet black hair and a mustache and is seen to this day, even, um, pushing a wheelbarrow around the house, up and down in the house, in the hallways, and um, even repairing a fireplace in one of the ballrooms. So he's seen pretty significantly. People that work there, people who have toured the house, day, night, they've always seen Clyde in and around the house repairing things or pushing this wheelbarrow around um there's even a picture online of him standing at the end of a bunch of other worker construction workers uh around the time of the construction of the home and apparently that's the same guy that's the guy in the pictures and his supposedly his name was Clyde I don't know if that was his real name I couldn't find even any information if that was his real name or if that was just a name that was given to him after people started Seeing him, him haunting well, around the house Bonnie? or so. Do I, yeah. Bonnie? Where's Bonnie at? <laughs> um, not that Clyde. Um, there's another several shadow people are seen throughout the house too. One reportedly is a maid that died on the grounds of the house. But I think most of them are the same spirits. This is just me saying this. Most of them are the same spirits that I think Sarah saw when she was there. Um, there's one reportedly in the basement of the home that seems to be the only one that kind of significantly freaks people out. That one kind of gives well, off more of a malevolent 
feeling. And it's in a basement. Basements are fucking creepy. As like, is. you already have a creepy feeling when you're going when you're into in a, a basement, basement. Especially if it's an unfinished basement, and it's an unfinished basement in a place like this. Like, you're already... There's already creep factors. Like, and apparently that one is one of the most significant ones that gives off just kind of real negative, malevolent no, no, energy. No, like, no, 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 no. Not happening. Um, where was another place they said Sarah's spirit is seen... Oh, the blue room. Mm-hmm. Uh, between her room. So there were, again, like we mentioned, there's trap doors and windows and doorways and stairways that are very confusing that lead to nowhere, lead to outside, inside the home. Well, there's a trap door that actually led to that blue room where she would have the seances. And that's another place that uh, her spirit is uh, specifically seen a lot in the house. You guys want to know something real weird? My grandma has a blue room in her house because the paint in that room is blue, and I've always called it the blue room. Always. Isn't that weird? Always. My grandfather is in my grandmother's house 100% too, by the way. Fun fact. My grandfather died when I was... When I was... I wasn't even thought of. He died in 85. I was born in 93. So he passed. Oh, yeah. You're like, mm. My sister was one. So he passed a decent, decent time before I was born. But he's still there. Oh, I wanted to mention real quick, um, too, about the 13 thing. Because this is going to go into. Uh... So there was a movie. Even though this movie's not that great. The movie was wrong. No, right? you don't need to see it. There was a movie that came out in 2018 called Winchester that starred Helen Mirren as Sarah Winchester. Um, and the actress uh, Sarah Snook played uh, Sarah Winchester's niece, Marion. Um, the movie really wasn't very good. Uh, you know what made me sad, too, is because I had high hopes for that film. I, I did really did. Gotta really have did. high hopes. So Do not understand why I cannot have the chicken. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of sounds like it. Um, it. I think it's one of those things because you know the story, you love the story and the history behind it that you really were praying that the movie was going to reflect that and it just didn't it was kind of no. boring and it sort of centered more around the i i felt like it centered more around the fictional character don't get me wrong i love jason clark as an actor but i f i figured or i felt like it centered more around this fictional character that he played named eric price because mm -hmm. first of all there was never anybody that came in from the winchester estate that wanted to have her evaluated for her mental stability to see if she was still capable in running the company. She actually gave over, um, this is what a lot of, I think there was some, okay, there's something I read. She actually gave, gave over part of her, uh, inheritance like, she didn't... Let me see. There was... Okay, here it is. Um, 
several million dollars in cash, 770 shares of stock. Uh, I, f I feel like I can't find it on this other article, but I feel like I found somewhere. So there was somewhere that I read that she actually sold quite a bit of her stock. Be and, and again, because a lot of that, she didn't want a lot of connection with the Winchester name and, and all of that, uh, again, having more so to do with the, uh, the, the tragic deaths with the gun and whatnot. So none of that actually ever happened. Um, I feel like though there were, a, there were certain points to the movie that, that I think got it right as far as, you know, okay, so the movie definitely wasn't a documentary about her life, but I think there were a few things that they did kind of get right. Um, Helen Mirren did look a lot like her. So I felt like that was pretty significant as far as their casting choices. Um, the size, even though of course it was CGI'd, but the size of the house, that was one thing that I really, really loved seeing in the movie specifically because you can only really see from old pictures prior to that 1906 earthquake of how huge the seven stories uh, house was at the time that it was during the construction of the height of when it was built. And the movie really showed showed that off, which I thought was just absolutely gorgeous. All the details of how big the house used to be. So I really appreciated that. Um, the, um, of course, the grief the profound grief and depression that she had in, in uh, the death of her daughter and the death of her husband. I think more specifically with the death of her daughter, just mourning, constantly in mourning. So they mentioned that a lot in the movie. Um, her obsession with the number 13. So when she left, it's it said that she didn't leave a will, but she actually did. It's just that nothing about the house itself was mentioned in the will. It was written in 13 sections um, and she signed it 13 times. So she was absolutely obsessed with the number 13. So that was mentioned a lot in the movie too. Um, the Blue Room, significantly in the movie where she would have her seances, where she would connect with the spirits. Um, the Ringing. Uh, like I mentioned of the bells that was in the movie. That was something that I thought was really significant. Um, and the very close relationship that she had with her niece, Marion. Um, so that was another thing that was really prominent in the movie was how close she, how close her and her niece were. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that she lost her daughter so young. So she looked at her youngest niece as almost like a, a daughter figure to her. Um, which is why she pretty much left everything to her, left her estate and everything to kind of fall onto Marion's hands. Um, but I don't think Marion really wanted much to do with the house either. I think that, I don't think she believed, and that was something the movie kind of played into as well, that uh, Marion really just didn't believe as much as Sarah did in the seances, the spiritualism, the ghosts, the spirits, what have you, haunting the home. Um, now, I did think it was kind of interesting that the movie sort of touched on giving 
significant spirits a life or or a backstory like um you know there was that one soldier whose brother died and it was supposedly from the winchester rifles there was like a room dedicated to so kind of the way that they made like rooms dedicated to specific spirits who were killed by a winchester rifle i kind of like that concept but it was a little too 13 ghosty for me shout out to don't go out there podcast um it was just a little weird kind of because I feel like that's kind of already been done, but I appreciated it because I think it gave more significance to what Sarah actually believed that the spirits that were murdered by the Winchester rifle were literally guiding her in building the home more so for them than it was for her. So I guess it could be one of two things. Either Marion felt like she didn't want to have anything to do with the house after Sarah died because she didn't want to be connected with it because she didn't believe in it. Or she did believe in it and she felt like the house just didn't belong to her, that it belonged to the spirits. Because I, I felt like even Sarah felt that way. I think that makes sense more so maybe why she slept in different rooms. I don't think she felt like that house ever belonged to her. Probably not. I think she felt like that house was strictly built for the spirits and it is the spirit's house. Mm-hmm. That's why she, she... It wasn't really her home. Technically had one room and one bathroom, but it was never really her About house. Her. It was their house, significantly. So, yeah. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's very interesting, though. I mean, that's that's crazy to think that you know, it, man, you'd have to think, though, in the history that this gun had, especially during the turn of the 20th century, all the different models. I mean, it was in it was in the First World War. It was in the Second World War. It was, you know, I mean, like the hundreds and thousands of spirits that those guns ki- or people that those guns killed. God. So you're talking from the early West where there were, you know, still a lot of Native American land still occupied, their land, their land still occupied. You know, I love how they say that this was uncharted territory. By who? Uh, Wipo? Um, Bitch, where? (laughs) Uncharted where? Um, This land is your land. This land is your land. That's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, it is. This land <laughs> is stolen. Um, so you think even back then to the number of wars that this gun was involved in. So, Ooh, I mean, lot. it's just that's been. And the Winchester Company is still around today. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, I get it. I get I think being someone that was such a deep empath and felt so deeply in the way that she did, I think it would make perfect sense that she felt these spirits as deeply as she did, but then also fall into such a deep depression as she did not long after losing her daughter and losing her husband. Um I mean, I know there's not a lot known about her early life after she was born in 1839 prior to meeting William, but 
I mean, at the time she met William, she was 22 or 21 years old. So she was very, very, very young. Um, I think most of what I did could find about her early life prior to meeting William was just attending school. Uh, she was close with her, her family and she that was, just was about doing it. normal, normal but girl things. William was very much the love of her life, and she really cared more about starting a family with him than she did so about the financial security. I mean, she really didn't like guns. That was kind of the sort of ironic thing about her marrying into this family was that that was the one thing, I mean, I know it's kind of mentioned fictitiously, but that was something that was significant. That was something that she was never a fan of. She was never a fan of guns. She didn't really like guns at all. So she marries this, she marries William Winchester of all people and inherits into this family and then is cursed pretty much for the rest of her life as she's come to believe. Now, who knows? I know there's been speculation too that this seance, this spiritualists could have been feeding her a line of shit who knows um a lot of them lied a lot of them did you know that was that was something you know i i will end on this um harry houdini visited the winchester house um i'm a very big fan of harry houdini i love magic i love magicians and he's who like he's like the godfather he's the man um, so it's interesting that Harry Houdini visited the home because that was something that Harry Houdini spent a lot of his life doing on top of being this amazing uh, magician and, um, and everything, escape or escape artist. He made it a life's mission to expose these fake spiritualists. He did it all the fucking time. He would go to these he would go to these, I mean, some of them would perform in front of crowds, they would perform in theaters, and he would purposefully go in and expose them and find their tricks because he knew what to look for as a mentalist, as a magician, as an escape artist. He was trained to look for certain things that he could tell were fake that maybe the average person couldn't tell. So he made it his life mission to do that. So I just thought that was interesting for someone that was so into breaking down how fake these spiritualists were that he would visit this famous home that was made so by someone who put every bit of her faith into something that Harry Houdini himself deemed completely false. So who's to know? I mean, I think it's very well likely that Sarah believed it, even if a spiritualist didn't tell her that she didn't like guns, she could feel the spirits, and that all of this, the death of her husband, her daughter, she felt just came back full circle into cursing her and she was just going to be cursed for the rest of her life. So what else was she going to do with this money that she had? Cause she didn't, she did not give a fuck about that money. She's like, I, what am I going to do with all this money? I'm going to build for these ghosts. So they'll, she just felt like she was tormented by the whole thing. She would have much rather had her husband or daughter than all that money that she felt like was blood money. So mm -hmm. that was something that I also liked was mentioned in the movie because that was something that... That I uh, hardly for, I hardly forget. I hardly remember the movie because I didn't like it so much. I lost interest. I saw it twice. I saw, it when it came it out. I saw it when it came out and then I saw it again because there's parts of it that I did like that I felt were significant to how 
Sarah was in real life. I think that was the thing that that I really bothered me probably the most about the movie is that I really loved Helen Mirren in that role. And I really loved the way Helen Mirren played her. But I felt like the whole story of the movie was less centered around her and more centered around this fake character and these fake characters and their fake backstories having to do with the house itself. It didn't center so much around her, which I wish it would have because I felt like Helen Mirren is what really made that movie and what saved that movie. Because not only did she look a lot like Sarah in real life, I felt like she played Sarah close enough to who Sarah really was. And I really think in her heart of hearts, Sarah felt like she was being cursed in some type of way and that she only lived to appease these spirits so that she could lift this curse off of her and that she wouldn't pass this curse on or uh, be burdened with it in her afterlife. Um, I don't really even, I don't really know if I like the fact that she's still seen around that house. I, she's buried next to her, um, or I think actually she's buried in between. I'm sorry. She's buried in between Anne. Annie was, or I think, yeah. Annie, Annie. was her um, daughter. infant daughter. William was her husband. So she's buried in between Annie and William. So I kind of, I hope her spirit is mostly with them. I don't like that her spirit is with that house. I don't think she would want that. I don't think she would want her spirit to be with those spirits in that house. That's why because it's almost she didn't like, feel like, how much of this, how much of that is residual there? Or do, does she visit it? You know, maybe, maybe she doesn't predominantly stay there. Maybe she just visits it every once in a while to still kind of make sure. She was very meticulous in being there every single day and overseeing every part of the construction. It would make perfect sense for her to want to go back and visit. I, you're right. I think it's more so that, that she goes back to just kind of check up on the house to see how it's doing. Because I don't think that she, she doesn't stay there. there. She wants to be with her family. I think it's the other spirits because that is their home. Mm-hmm. My my hope is that she just comes in to take a peek to check on it and then she goes back <laughs> with Annie and her husband. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Just checking. Just checking. All right. In. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, I, I want her to be with her daughter and her husband. I don't I don't want her to be in that house. That as much as I've learned about spirits in the last year, I really feel like she just travels there for her own benefit, just to make sure it almost gives her a calmness just to know everything's still going okay. And then she stays predominantly with her with her um husband and daughter. I want, it's sad. I feel like the backstory to this house is so sad. And then it's almost like, it's just very melancholy. Like, it's just kind of a down, I felt kind of down researching this, to be honest, because I like really felt for Sarah a lot. But, you know, I I really want to visit this house. I mean, architectural, so take that aside from it, because I don't want this to be a downer. Um... Aside from that, though, architecturally, this home is incredible, even as it stands to this day. So that's a big, if I have no spiritual encounters there at all, I'm totally fine with that. I just want to see the house. Yeah. Yeah. Architecturally, it's astounding that I just, I just want to see it for that. 
that's just me personally. As much as I've like looked into this story and everything, I don't know why, but reading about this for for the podcast, I felt a weird connection with her spirit. I can't I can't explain it, but I know you understand it. It's almost like she's happy it was talked about or something like that. Like the whole time I was researching this, like I said, melancholy. I've never felt real, that way looking into this I've story. This before, real but... story of like melancholy. I never have either. Like I was excited to do this because I was like, oh my god, this story is so cool and that house is so interesting and I can't wait to go. But then when I started thinking more about her mm-hmm. and just the weight of these spirits and the guilt and the sadness and mm-hmm. the depression. Well, imagine and the living loss. with that every single day. I just instantly. For like a day and a half of just researching more about this, I just had this real sense of melancholy. Like, ooh. You weren't alone. This is kind of a bummer. <laughs> but I don't want to I don't want to end this on a bummer. No. I hope you guys enjoyed this. We both do. Um and I think Sarah did too. Like, I get what you're saying, where I think that Sarah kind of appreciated it, it being told like this, more so for her and less about the house. Because I really wanted to give a lot it's of significance like, to her. It's just like something that you said really resonated with me when you said you wish the movie focused on her. Yeah. Because we took this podcast and mostly centered it around her. And that's why I felt like that. Because I was like, I really, I agree with you. If the movie would have centered more around her, I feel like I would have liked it better. Me too. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't give a fuck about all these other people. Denise is cool. Like, I'm glad that's in there. But I'm like, this whole thing about this house is her. Yeah. 100% centered on her. So why isn't it? Also, I agree with you. Helen Mirren did a great job. Yeah, she was phenomenal. Did a great job. Any pictures that you see young or old of Sarah, Helen looked a lot like her. So that was perfect. And her acting in it was perfect. I think she played her very well. She played this sense of... You saw this strong woman on one hand but underneath all that you saw someone that was just barely hanging on i felt like she was just barely hanging you just keep me hanging on and she just like oh i just need i need something but uh yeah her niece being there i i think that was a big help for her but um yeah i'm excited like i said if if nothing else, um, I definitely would love to visit her grave site. I would love that. But I really would love to see the home and just to see architecturally the wonder of this house. Even if I don't see any shadow people or spirits or whatever. I ain't going nowhere near that basement. Uh-uh. No way, no how. Listen. Um... It's probably not even a part of the tour, I'm sure, but... She is buried in Connecticut, and I'm just saying, there's a specific state next to Connecticut I'd be fine with going to. Well, I mean, there was, like, specifically (laughs) Connecticut that I would... I mean, specifically... Yes. Specifically New England. Specifically... I feel like... Specifically... (laughs) My soul just, like, fucking lives in New England. I feel like God, my soul... Like... People ask me all the time, you know, when you go on vacation to certain places and you're just like, God, I would love to live here. But you don't really, you just kind of say that because you're enjoying the place. And I'm like, no, 
if I could live and afford it and deal with the motherfucking winters because, oh my god, <laughs> I would live in Massachusetts. 100%. I'd be like, bye. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. See ya. I'm moving to Mass. I'm gonna go live with the mass holes. I'm out. Bye. But, you know, life had... Life has other... I mean, you know what? Like... I mean, someone actually told me there one time, they're like, what is stopping you? And I'm like, because half of my heart is here. I mean, in all honesty, half of my heart is here, so... And I couldn't take those winters. Fuck those winters. No, I... Oh, oh my God. I can barely handle the winters guys, here, much less... look. I Ugh. have... A lot... <laughs> well, not a whole lot, um, but I've got I've got various different various different physical ailments, and one of them that I completely get with Mrs. Winchester is fucking arthritis. Okay, and if y'all know anything about arthritis, arthritis and cold. No, no, absolutely not. They are I'll not frenemies. They are enemies, and they hate each other. We so. could just leave the windows cracked, and it'd be cold every night. <laughs> You know? I need it cold at night. Also, at 5 a.m., the sun is up. Like, oh my god. I was not ready for when we woke up. When I woke up in the boarding house, you were still asleep. And I was like, oh my god, it's gotta be 7. 5.02. What the fuck? Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Like, here now in Ohio, 6 a.m., it is bright sunshine outside. There, 5 a.m., Bright sunshine. I'm like, I legit no. thought it was already seven o'clock. No. And I was like, it's five o two. What no. the fuck? No. <laughs> and then she wakes up and she's like, Oh my god, what time is it? I'm like, it's five fifteen. She's like, What? <laughs> I was like, Do we just lay here? <laughs> I'm like, Why is it so bright? <laughs> I don't understand. Is this what waking up in Massachusetts is <laughs> like? Because fuck this. I don't like this. I, I didn't this. notice it until the boarding house, but I think it's because the, the curtains weren't as thick as the hotel. Because at the hotel, the room was real dark. Yeah. Yeah. Until we opened the blinds. But in there, like, the, there, the curtains, they like were, like, the barely, they were so thin. And, and no. I was like, oh, my God, it's 5 a.m. Y'all deal with this? <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. Couldn't do it. No. No, sir. I don't like it. No, ma'am, no ham, no turkey. <laughs> All right, guys, so we hope you enjoyed our Winchester episode with a horrible review of The Turning (laughs) mixed in. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed that. Seriously, that movie was awful. (laughs) I give it an F (laughs) minus. I've never... It's been a long time that I've ever had a movie where I legit was like, I will never watch that again. That movie was terrible. Top three most hated horror films are The Turning, Slender Man, and The Chosen. Easy. Which sucks because I love Slender Man. I've never seen any any of those, and I won't. You saw The Turning. Oh, well, The Turning, yeah. I tried... You know what movie I tried to watch that I heard was really terrible, and I tried was The Gallows, and I, like, I, I just couldn't. love that movie. Did you really? I heard it was awful. So I tried to watch it, no. and I went in, I went in with the wrong mindset, because I was like, 
I'm turning this off. It I is, didn't even get like uh, 20 minutes into it and I turned it off. Probably because the one guy pissed you off because yeah. he was annoying as well, fuck. You, you but know, this is yeah, what... There, that's exactly <laughs> right there. And I went into it with the wrong mindset. I went into it going, this movie is going to be garbage because I had heard it was so bad. Let me tell you why I loved it. Are you ready for this? First time I watched it, I was with Annie. My friend Annie. In case y'all don't know, we've mentioned her before. Um, she, we watched it together and I was like, that wasn't terrible, but it was terrible. <laughs> so she's like, you know what we should do? How I felt about truth or dare. I was like, what? And she goes, she got out a piece of paper and a pen and she goes, we're going to make a drinking game for this. Now we made a drinking game for this film where we were drunk 15 minutes into it. Oh my God. Why? So the movie was great. <laughs> Every time they say Charlie, every time they say Pfeiffer, because we're like, what the kind of a fucking name is Pfeiffer? Every time that guy was annoying as hell. What kind of name is Pfeiffer? <laughs> Who in the fuck names their kid Pfeiffer? Like, I don't know. Every time they mention Charlie, every time that guy was annoying. Um, that's like naming your kid Skylar. Like your kid is automatically going to be an asshole, male or female, if your kid's name is Skylar. And yeah, I said it. I, I said like it. That name. If any, I do not. <laughs> I kind of like it. I'm sorry, I don't like that name at all. But Pfeiffer, that name's just awful. It had a good twist at the end. Somebody made that. Um, up. like they who, made a sequel. Whoever I did not see the sequel. <laughs> Whoever made the like, whoever watched the gallows and said it was absolutely terrible, I really feel like didn't watch it until the end because it had a good twist. But the drinking game made it bearable because literally 15, 20 minutes into the movie, we are smashed. So this movie's hilarious. <laughs> so I did not hate the gallows personally. I understand why it gets so much hate, but I put the gallows. I have not seen the sequel, probably will not, um, but I would put it, I would rank it with, like, VHS Viral, where oh, it's, it's bearable, but I'm not gonna sit and watch it multiple times. Guys, I will give The Gallows another shot. Um, I won't be wasted. I will... Would you like my drinking game? <laughs> you won't remember half the can I Can I go in with a glass of wine and an edible and, and be okay? You'll have it done in... No time. Okay. Okay. We'll 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 work with that. Cause I'm afraid if I'm smashed, I've gotten to that age. If I'm if I get that wasted, I'm gonna fall asleep. We were. We'll see. I, that was when we were both younger. So I can't handle that kind of drunk now. Like I'd be no. I would literally have to go. Exactly. That way I didn't die. Just a sip. <laughs> just a sip. Just a sip, Charlie. Sip. <laughs> Pfeiffer. Sip. Next time you see Annie, just walk up to her and say Pfeiffer. Like, she will lose it. She, we talk about it sometimes. I'm still like, what the kind of fuck name is Pfeiffer? What the kind of Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer. It's Pfeiffer. No. Pfeiffer, no fifing. <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> but I love that you brought that up because it gets a lot of hate. It does. It gets and I, so much. There are movies that get a lot of hate that I don't. I I understand, but I don't understand. 
I have been there so many times. I, I feel like I'm the queen of movies that people hate that I love and movies that people love that I hate. And I don't get either one. Like, why did you love that movie? And they tell me why they loved it. And I'm like, that's why I hated that movie. <laughs> or they'll go like, why did you hate that movie? And then they'll tell me and I'll go, that's why I loved that movie. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, that happens to me more often than I can fucking count. I'm like, you literally yes. described why I love that movie is why you hate it. Or you literally described why you hate that movie is why I love that movie. So I, I got nothing. We just are going to have to. Living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. <laughs> That's when you just have to agree to disagree. That's when you just have to go. We, because you and I both have done that where we watch movies differently than other people. So it's like we could be talking to somebody about the same movie and we watched two, two completely, completely different, different, different movies. Films. And we'll go like, did we watch this did you watch the same movie I watched? Because that's not you, what happened. Midsummer <laughs> is, is that the movie. Queen of that. It's that movie. It's that movie. <laughs> Especially with men, and we've already discussed this. Certain men that watched that movie in a completely different eye than everybody else watched that movie watched a totally different movie. A Even some women, I know movie. some women that have seen it that were like, that was so stupid. Oh, are you in like, the, oh, you must be in that relationship right now. <laughs> I forgot to remind him it was my birthday. You're too, you're too brainwashed to understand that you're being gaslit every second of every day. You're just too brainwashed. It's okay, though. I seriously like... The chicks in the theaters that watched it with their semi mentally abusive boyfriends the boyfriends are like that movie sucks and they're like yeah good for her break up break up with him oh she did she broke up with him <laughs> she really did y'all better hope I don't get a bear skin so guys next week we will be discussing black eyed children which I'm super stoked about because I am this actually creep. I'm actually creeped the fuck out. <laughs> guys, I am creeped been, out. Guys, there have been. We have talked about stuff on this podcast that I think I've even forgotten. We've remember I totally forgot we did a Charles Manson episode. I just like straight you know, up forgot. Do you like know? straight up forgot we did a whole ass Charles Manson episode. So there's been episodes we've done. That, I thought that we did scared. a Winchester House already. <laughs> I literally went through our episodes and I'm like, I swear to God, we've done this. We had not. And I don't know why. We're getting to where we're going to have to start going, wait, did we already? Okay, no, we're good. Did I do um, that? So we've done several different topics that have been really fucking creepy. Killers, cryptids. Sorry, that was my loud ass phone. Killers, cryptids, scary ass movies. But legitimately, this is one where I'm actually, like, for real. Like, I'm not even playing. I am not even playing. This I will blow a motherfucker's head off if one of them bitches come to my house. I'm gonna let it be known right now if one of y'all motherfuckers hears this on the airwaves. 
I had get I one saw, to the dome, double tap in between the eyes. Like I've <laughs> I've seen I've read stories. People. Oh, I've told. read so many. Oh, I've read so many stories. I have chills oh talking God. about this. Like this so is the stories. only if you can even call it a cryptid, because I believe in these a hundred percent. I believe in skinwalkers and those are cryptids, but I feel like cryptids are more creatures. So I'm well, like, we kind of lump it in cryptids, paranormal. Yeah. We kind of. But I'm like one, this. But is the only thing that I genuinely... I remember listening to stories at mm-hmm. work and stopping. I would literally be working and I would stop and just hang on to every single word. Because, y'all, if you have never heard a Black Eyed Child story, go listen to them. They are the creepiest things. Oh my god. Get on YouTube and get ready to scare the shit out of yourself for the like, evening. seriously. Not much freaks me out and not much scares me, but these motherfuckers, oof. I, oof. Yeah, I won't, uh, when we go camping, I will not listen to stuff like that. Because like I said, I, uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. If I ever, no. Like I said, and I'm, these putting, bitches, I'm putting it out there on the airwaves. You ain't coming to this house. I'm gonna tell you that right the fuck now. These bitches <laughs> don't only go to houses. Oh no, they, they go to apartment buildings. Saying, yeah, they too. go. No, they go everywhere. They go all over. They'll they'll knock on you. Have you seen the ones where people be waiting in their car and they'll knock on your car window? Mm. Oh my god, you there's just gave ones, me chills. There's all ones over I've my body. read. I, there's ones I've read where they'll come up to people. Like rest stops have always freaked me the fuck out. And they'll come up to people's cars at rest stops because they they act like they're lost. Yep. So they they really prey on you because they look like they're lost kids. So but they really, won't look at you. No, and if they. Mm, that's what I'm saying. I just don't even want to talk We'll get about more it. into it next week. <laughs> next week, we're going to be like, oh my God, I don't even want to talk about it. We're both going to be like, ah, like every little sour, like, ah, like, get, guys, get ready for it's probably a, <laughs> a, probably a podcast that's going to probably either scare the fuck out of everybody or have everybody laughing hysterically because every little tiny sound we hear, we're probably going to be. I'm actually going to open the floor on this one, too, on social media. If any of you have ever had an experience with black-eyed children. Oh, my God. I'm going to put it out there, too. Please contact us. Email us. DM us. Whatever. If you've had any, any, any contact with black-eyed kids like i want i would love to hear stories please email them actually it would be best if you email them so i could keep them all together um it's dfwto8493 at gmail.com if you have any stories and again i'll I'll post this i will um, too to make sure that everybody is aware to send in stories but like black-eyed children like if you've had Oh my god, I can't even... I want to hear it all! Give me the details! Please, please scare us. <laughs> scare the fuck out of me. Me every time I walk into a horror movie. Scare the fuck out of me. Never does. So guys, that'll be next week. Um, So a word from our small sayer. Calm your body down. Well, first I want to thank Casper uh, for showing support. Thank you. Um, I bought some bombs. She bought some bombs. Bought some bombs. Bought some bombs. Guys, the sale is over in six days. I can't believe the end of June is already coming. The fuck? It's almost here. It's literally six fucking days away. So, um, get on the Etsy page. 
The dog has arrived. The dog is here at the end. Um, go to Etsy. Calm your body down. Buy up all the stuff. D-F-W-T-O. In the little uh, coupon code box, 50% off. 50% off. You get a free gift. You get free shipping. All of that. Buy it up. There, Like I said, there will not be another sale again until the holidays. That's it. This is the only one for the rest of the year until the end of the year. So buy it up now. Um, I know for a while, too, that the uh, rose water bath bombs were not available. They are now back up on the shop. Um, and thank you guys for uh, letting me have a little break for a while. I know I kind of took a break from the shop for a little bit. And I do appreciate everybody's support and the new followers and... Thank you. But like I said, D-F-W-T-O. You have six more days left. I'm going to post that on all the socials to buy up um, and use that coupon code to save because there will not be another one until the holidays. So thanks again for all the new followers and the support. And it's appreciated. Calm your body down. Okay, guys, if you want to follow us on social media, please do. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please hit us up with Don't Fuck With The Original. Uh, make sure you add the apostrophe or you will not find us. We also are on CastBox, Podbean, Podcast Player, Podcast Addicts, and Spotify. Please be sure to give us a follow. Uh, I would actually, really quick, like to give a shout out to somebody who just recently followed. Um, hold up. <laughs> Here we go. His name is Marshy the Beard. He is on Instagram and he has, he's an artist and he just started selling some really cool stuff with his design on it. It says believe and it's got a werewolf or a, uh, a looks like a werewolf, a Bigfoot, a ghost and an alien. And it is absolutely incredible. And I'm definitely going to be buying something from him. So, and he's really it. cool. He's from Canada. Very cool dude. And again, it's Marshy the Beard is his name on Instagram. Go follow him um, and go buy something from him. Yeah, he's it's really M-A-R-S-H-Y-T-H-E-B-E-A-R-D. Marshy the Beard yep. on Instagram. So just wanted to give him a quick shout out because he's been a really cool guy. We've been uh, messaging and he's really nice. So be cool to give him some support. All right, guys, don't forget, next week, Black Eyed Kids, if you got a story, email us, dfwto8493 at gmail.com. Otherwise, have a great week, and we will... Oh, guys, real quick, sorry. Um, Never mind. Sorry, real quick, because <laughs> I announced it last week. Uh, my Instagram, it's at Becky Gremlin. Yes. So, yes. all the follows and stuff. At Becky, B-E-C-K-Y, Gremlin, all one word, G R. E M L I N Becky Gremlin. Follow me on Instagram. Thank you so much for the support, guys. Have a great night. See you next week. Becky Gremlin! Bye. Bye.